Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the Texas City disaster, because, Brandy, we know you love a good disaster story. I do. I really do. Yes. We're trying something different. We're going to we're trying to get you guys better sound, because we know our sound has not been the best, and... Uh, we're going to try something different, so be patient with us. Uh, I'm sure it's going to get better every week, Brandy. We get better and better. Yeah. Yeah, that's not historically been the case, but sure, we well, can try it this week. Well, it's going to be this week. So uh, we, have, we have the colonel sound engineer on the case, Timmy. We don't yes, have to worry about that anymore. Colonel and his skills. Uh, who with his phone busy working a, on his phone duct taped to a pole somewhere. <laughs> exactly. How's that YouTube channel coming, Colonel? Oh, it's coming along fine to me. You know, I'm just waiting for some authorizations from them. I see. The ball's in their court right now, Timmy. Let me uh, first uh, mention that we are a a true crime comedy, history comedy podcast. We use adult language, so if adult language offends you, then we suggest you check out one of the other fine independently produced uh, podcasts out there, such as Spy Stories, uh, which I am going to check out today because you have a new one, uh, Colonel. We do have a new one out today, Timmy. Thank you. Yes, I'm going to check that out. Um, but let me uh, let's start by introducing our panel because apparently we're not going to cuss people out who are offended at uh, language. Well, no, here's what I don't get, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Here's what I don't get, and I, and I have a hard time understanding this. You go, you, if you want to listen to our show, you hit the YouTube channel, right, and you get on there. It's got a goddamn big red E on there. The YouTube channel. The fuck? <laughs> or our iTunes, iTunes channel. iTunes. It's got a big red E for explicit. Now, now you know, if this was me and you just running a highly intellectual things that we ran before timmy when oh i thought when the, the devil was, was on hiatus i thought that's what it stood for well you and <laughs> but you know we we wouldn't have that e oh. but did the devil's always got to run out with you know shut your dick sucker or whatever so we get that e thrown on yeah, us timmy she, Bre- she basically kind of foul language you're, you're right if we she, if she wasn't on she, this show we'd probably get the general rating and probably could uh, she gives us a scarlet letter timmy the scarlet e uh your thoughts yeah. on that brandy yeah, whatever. It's bullshit, but you go with it. 
But if you don't like it, go fuck yourself and get out of here. We don't want you on our podcast anyway. Let me introduce our panel. I'm joined today by the very talented, a lovely a woman who is known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you today, Brandy, if at all? You know, Timmy, I'm feeling a little better today. I've had a bit of a cold, been a bit grouchy. Oh, I know, but you know, I'm feeling better. I got hot coffee and kind of working my way through this nasty cold. Nasty. Are you having a nice weekend? I, it's not been too bad, although I have been sick. So yesterday I did nothing, and today I think I'm going to run down to work for a little bit and get some things done. And you know, because I'm in the circle of excellence, you are so in the circle of like excellence. Of course, the colonel and I are outside the circle of excellence, way outside. We're in the, yes. well, we're outside, in the circle in. of adequate. Barely. We're in the circle of mediocre, Timmy. Have why? And we just barely reached that circle. <laughs> We were standing in the circle of subpar for a long time. <laughs> you were, you were. But really, really, Timmy, I mean, when it, you know, when it when it comes to work, it's kind of funny. It's it's almost like with the Beatles that Ringo Starr got a Grammy. You know what I mean? Is that how you feel a little bit? No, I don't. I don't feel like <laughs> that at all. No, that's how me and Timmy feel. It. You know, Ringo <laughs> Starr got the Grammy, and more like Pete me and Beth, Timmy, are, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Pete Best. I guess young Brittany Me and Timmy would be like Pete Best. John and Paul sitting out here thinking, huh, how'd that happen? But <laughs> anyway, congratulations on that, Devil. So, yeah, so, yeah I mean, and that's really all the brandy time we have time for today. Right, so, clearly. Unfortunately, it is, yes. <laughs> Let God. me introduce a man who has been called brandy. He's He's been called an oasis in the desert of despair. He has not. A man who has been uh, who has been called the most dangerous man in podcasting today by no one. A man who is considered the moral beacon of this podcast. He is, and so he, not. he really touches people's lives, Brandy, in weird places. The very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters the Third, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm not good, Timmy. Well, there oh, we well. go. I'm not good. <laughs> What's wrong, Colonel? Go. Do you have a so, cold uh, with fever? I feel like that's enough Chuck time. That's enough Colonel <laughs> time already. Do you have a cold with people, fever, Colonel? I, I do not, but you know what? She's going to come into to, to our place of employment. She's going to germinate the whole place with the devil disease. You and I are going to be sickly because she's got breasts, so she can't get the man cold. And you know what's going to be like next week, Timmy? We're going to be me sick. and you laying in bed, racked with fever, having hallucinations. Nobody racked wanting to take fever, care of Brandy. us. Racked with fever, hallucinations, and having she vision quest. She, she don't care. She don't care. I bet you don't use antiseptic wipes on everything you touch today because you don't care if me and Timmy get sick. No, but what I'm going to do is going and lick something on your desk. So tomorrow. You can go in and try and figure out exactly what that was before you come down with a cold. Well, that gave me a little bit of a tingle there, How though. them apples? I think maybe you, we should not work tomorrow, Colonel. I think we should take the day out, although the thought of the devil licking things in my office is just inappropriate, devil. It is yeah. kind of inappropriate. See, well, Colonel, how to reach the circle of excellence, I had to take out a lot of people. 
you're small potatoes compared to other. So you know, taking we are you out is not going to be that hard. Circle of adequate. I would really like to know what you did to reach that circle of excellence. I took out to my people. competition. Was this like the, uh, you know, college? No, I, I'm not saying it was. I'm not I saying feel like it was. You are saying it was, and it was not. <laughs> because, Colonel, we may have some new listeners. When you say college, what were you referring to? Oh now? my God! Let oh, I was referring go. to Brandy's serial manizing throughout You're college about to improve her, her grades grade in economics i i take it her c plus well that's the only that's the instance we know of but what has smoked as fire timmy she probably pretty much all of her core curriculum everything you know, probably eight, nine professors there even. yeah here's the thing she probably didn't sleep with the bowling teacher and i knew better but, when i when i mentioned this or when you guys asked me about it i knew better this was 20 years ago I knew better than to say anything to you rat fuckers. And here we are five years Talking later. Talking about it 10 years later. It. it was only 10 years ago when you first mentioned it. No. Yeah. We, no, it was not. It was like five. You ever been to the zoo, no. Timmy? To the You've been zoo, to the Colonel? Cincinnati Zoo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go to the leopard place where they keep the leopards? Uh-huh. You ever seen a leopard change its spots, Timmy? It don't. <laughs> it don't. So you So that's what I got to say to you, questioning Devil. The, you're questioning Brandy's uh Circle of Excellence award, I, I take it. I'm just saying there was a little controversy surrounding it, Timmy. When <laughs> when the Mueller report comes out, uh-huh. I would not be surprised to find something about the devil and the Circle of Excellence Award. Right. I I believe there was Russian influence behind <laughs> that, Timmy. Um just FYI, I don't know if you know this, but that report is out. Feel free to read it at any time. Hmm. It's like 400 pages. I know. Somebody give no me the pictures. Cliff Notes version. I follow Yeah, not a picture pictures in there. All. all right. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk about the, enough kernel time. Yeah, let's talk about the Texas City disaster, Brandy. Because this was a major, I mean, this was a big deal. And, Colonel, I know you read this script, so you know that. I did. Well, they don't, just, did, yeah. give, they don't just throw the word disaster around willy-nilly. Well, all right. Or crisis. Well, they shouldn't anyway. Because it should be for a real disaster. It Texas be. City, Let's Brandy, go. is a city. That makes sense. It's a city. Yeah. Sure in Galveston yeah. County in the state of Texas. We got a lot of friends but, in Texas, of course. Our good you friend, know, Timmy, Jason Dykes, is isn't pretty in much. Huh? Isn't pretty much everything a disaster in Texas, Timmy? And we have a lot of listeners in Texas. We got Jason, we got Jimmy Pribble, we've got Aaron Fowler, Jennifer Riker Smith. Yes. Smith, we got Fowler. I mean, we got a lot. So Ben's down there. Ben's down there now. That's just a disaster waiting to happen, Timmy. Come on. <laughs> so you're saying it's not, you know, Ben is not going to tip the scale in in bringing uh to changing the situation there in Texas is what you're saying. I think those people together are possibly not the best combination. Oh, and then they get Karen Barnes down there. I mean, Karen Towns. Yeah, yeah. what was they thinking? I don't know. But anyway, um, Texas City is located in the southwest shoreline of Galveston Bay. You ever been to Galveston, Texas, Colonel? I, You know, Timmy, I have never been to Texas. Okay. Well, Galveston is like a— uh, And I'll tell you why I've never been to Texas, Timmy. they won't let you in? Because they say everything's bigger in Texas, right? Right. 
So what I'm afraid of, Timmy, and, and we just saw this on a, on a History Dweebs page about the transplants, you know, the penile scrotum uh-huh. transplants. Well, I'm afraid that once I cross that line from Oklahoma to Texas, uh-huh. if something gets bigger, it's going to look like, you know, you took a smoked sausage kielbasa thing, put it in the microwave too He's long. He's worried about and penis just enlargement, Brandy. I'm very worried oh, about that. Really. Spontaneous, too. spontaneous penis enlargement. It's a it's it's, it's S-P-E. Is it a real problem. S-P-E. Is it a real problem? S P E. Many men suffer from it, Brandy. The struggle is real. Mm. Well, um, the popular. Well, anyway, this uh, in Galveston in Texas City. This is uh, where they have you know they do the oil refining. Uh, Colonel, I know you've worked on oil rigs before. Yeah, I have. I have. Okay. The population in Texas City is about 45,000 people. Now, Texas City is the heart of the one of the world's uh, most important shipping hubs. As of 2008, the port of Texas uh, City was the 14th largest uh, hub in the United States. With a total ton of trade in 2007 uh, was the... 87th leading port in the world. So it's an important port, right? And and if you've ever been down to golf, you know that there's a lot of oil rigs and all that stuff going on there. So it's an industrial place. All right. 87 doesn't seem all that important to me, but... Well, in the world, I mean, there's a lot of ports in the world. Okay. I mean, uh. Brandy's, you know, she's she's been known to hang out in ports, ports of call. Well, Bra- Brandy has been a port in a storm for many other people, but... Really? Continue, Timmy. <laughs> Thank you, Colonel. Really? On, the morning of, <laughs> on the morning of April 16th, uh, 1947, so I just, uh, we just passed that, um, we just passed the um, uh, anniversary there. On anniversary, 16th. yeah. Shortly after 8 a.m., the hatch on the number four hold of the French ship, the SS Grand Camp. Well, the French are involved, Colonel, so you know this yeah. is going to be a fucking I'm story. surprised they just didn't surrender before this whole thing happened. It was open so that the crew could resume loading a shipment of fertilizer bound for Europe. So we're sending shit to Europe, Brandy. That's, the, that's where we are in the story at this point. Aren't we always sending shit to Europe? Sometimes they send shit to us. Just think of, uh, they send us the Spice Girls. That's shit. <laughs> they did. That's they not did. Europe. Oh, that was UK. So I'm sure I'm sure Europe sent us something. Remember that group, Europe, Brandy? I do. Final what Countdown and all that. Final Countdown, yes. Okay. And Europe, Europe gave us ABBA, Timmy. Yeah, that's true. They did give us ABBA. Yeah. yeah. And we can't. We still owe them for that. I wanted to do the two girls when I was younger. Not the dudes. What? Or last week. Whatever. Along the waterfront, there were plenty of work for the town's longshoremen. Now, Brenda, you're you're familiar with longshoremen. <laughs> she is long. Is this what we're going to do today? Because I really I cannot take it today. I cannot. Right, cold. Well, I'll, 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 You've had a colorful past. That's all we're saying. That one, uh, really? There's nothing wrong with you're, that. You're, we're not shaming you in any way. You're with ports of call and longshoremen from your glass house. From your glass house, you're going to start tossing stones. Charles. Yeah, Chuck, you shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that well, let's not, Timmy. Let's not. Let's not. Post <laughs> let's that just there. stick to the script, please. 
and uh-huh. next to the wharf because stood I don't want to get into those steaming landscape of chemical plants, brandy, and oil refineries. Must that be beautiful. Per, that <laughs> yeah, it does. I have to admit, I, I took a cruise out of Galveston once, and it, it's not the most scenic place in the world. Um, they provided. Like then why did Glen Campbell yeah, send that? Cruises that go out of uh, Galveston, and you go past no, no, no. all these oil rigs. No, no, no. You took a cruise. Yeah, with people. Yeah, Timmy's quite the world traveler. The my wife wanted to do it, but yeah, yeah, I know. I, I stayed in huh. my cabin most of the time. I bet all that, all those people and stuff. I know. Yeah, germs. A, they have a lot of people on the cruises too. Yes, you know, you can do. retire on cruises. You can I like know that. Live, yeah, like a thousand dollars a week, you can live on a cruise. Yeah, seems goofy. Anyway, there's a lot of oil refineries down there, and they was, uh, but they were steady, good-paying jobs in that town, really, in Texas City. I'm sure there still are. I'm sure. Uh, now, at the time, they had a population of only eighteen thousand, uh, but it was a boom town. Texas City was a boom town, a place that the hometown newspaper declared, with every edition, to be the port of opportunity. Brandy, the port of opportunity. Colonel, the port of opportunity. You know, Timmy. Pass, I guess. Okay. The the largest port in the world is uh, Shanghai. Timmy, did you know that? Is what? Shanghai. I did not. I've not. I have not been to Shanghai. I wish I was Shanghai for this fucking podcast. Can we get this going? I'm betting in Shanghai they have shenanigans. They do have shenanigans. Shanghai Shanghai shenanigans. Yes, that would be nice. That would be a good name for a movie, actually, wouldn't it? Like be a good a, band name. Yeah. If anyone complained about the smell in Texas City, they were told that it was the smell of money, Brandy, and that still <laughs> so- <laughs> and that they soon soon would grow accustomed to it. It's kind of like where we Timmy, work because we have it a really brewery. is we have it a brewery is. across the street and the pickle plant and the pickle plant. So no, the, Timmy, uh-huh. I, I got to stop you there, Timmy. Okay. And a lot of Do you know what the smell of money is? What's the smell of money, Colonel? Boob sweat. Yeah, that is, that's true, Brandy. Boob sweat. There's money in them, their boobs. Oh, my the, God. Any, no, I mean, anytime, take a dollar bill, Timmy, smell it. It's got boob sweat on it because you know this, devil. Women shove money down into their bras. The smell of money, what you're smelling, is boob sweat. And I, I've know, gotten I've never to the point about that, Brandy, but he makes a lot of sense. I can tell. I can not. take a dollar bill, take a sniff, and tell you if it's a B, a C, double D, just from the scent of the dollar bill, Timmy. He has talent. He has skills, Brandy. You have to admit the man has skills. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. Well, they say every, they, they used to say that every dollar had traces of cocaine on it, all the currency did. Now it has glitter. That was kind of a, the but it is the truth. That uh, every ev- almost every single paper currency that runs throughout the United States has got some degree of boob sweat on it from you women not having wallets. Hmm. Well, I didn't know that, Colonel. I, that's why yeah. I learn something new every time we made do it one up. Of these. Port of Tianjin, Timmy. Tianjin, bigger than Galveston. <laughs> Occasional fires and explosions were just part of the equation, Brandy. Shit. Yeah. Uh, they had they had in effect come to be treated by the townspeople there as a source of public theater. 
So a finery, refinery blows up. It's just, you know, it's entertaining. It's good fun. Yes. What is back before the internet, Timmy? They didn't have cable. They didn't have cell phones. They couldn't be playing like the devil Candy Crush on the phone. So it's like, what do you want to do today? Oh, let's go down and look at the thing on fire. And I guess the OSHA requirements were pretty loose back in the day. So if lightning struck an oil storage tank to spark a a fire, a crowd would gather to watch it burn. It was going, it's like going to the picture show, Brandy. I know you've been to the picture show a time or two. When's the last time you've been to the picture show, Brandy? Uh, It's been a while. It's been a while because, you know, no one Do you remember the first movie movie you ever saw at the picture show? Uh, Grease. Oh, yeah, you're old. I saw. Damn, you old. I saw Mr. Limpet with uh, Don Knox. He turned into a fish. It was a classic. I saw The Godfather, Timmy. That was the first movie? Really? I was eight years old. It was pretty goddamn horrifying for an eight-year-old. My dad took me to see Bonnie and Clyde, and my uh, kindergarten teacher flipped the fuck out. Why are your parents taking you to see a violent movie? It was pretty violent, too. It was good. I saw Faye Dunaway's titties. Yes, and they were nice titties in there, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so, so anyway, there's a lot of, uh, had a $20 you know, they had a bill lot of stuck industrial on. accidents and shit down there when it was going on. But anyway, uh, there was a ship fire on April 16th, 1947, the day we're talking about. It was just seen as, okay, you know, business as usual, right? No one in town had seen one quite like it because it was quite large, uh, and the color of the smoke caught their eye. Some called it a peach color. Some called it a reddish orange. I thought that was the same thing, but maybe not. Many color. said it was. Many What's said it was. Many said it was very pretty, Brandy. Like uh, like they're referring to me. It was like a sunset in the south to it me. Was a Tim like fire, very pretty. It was uh-huh. a Tim like fire, very, uh-huh. very pretty, colorful, intense, intense, yeah, so dangerous. The ship, the ship full of. And burn slowly. This ship full of uh, fertilizer brandy caught on fire. That's never a good That's never good. That's yeah. never good. Um, at Texas City, it was loaded primarily with ammonia nitrate, a crystalline powder that in peacetime was an excellent source of nitrogen for crops. But in wartime brandy... The substance was combined with TNT to make a bursting charge in demolition bombs. Okay, oh, so well, what could go wrong, Timmy? What could right. go wrong? So these idiots are sitting around looking at it. Isn't it pretty? On yeah. April well, uh, you know, mm-hmm. only in Texas would people do something like that. I'm surprised they didn't true. have That's this in the ports true. of Florida. I know they got ports down in Florida. That's, this seems more likely... Down there, but I don't think it would. Down matter. there, they'd be sniffing the nitrate stuff. So I bet it could gather a crowd cruising down the Ohio River. You'd have a whole crowd of people watching it. It was like when yeah, they, but we wouldn't mix all the, that stuff together here. Two thousand five, when they had the tsunami, they said like you know when because the, the, the one of the things with tsunamis is that the the tide goes out really far and. You know, people were, like, just out trying to collect um, shells and shells. stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the, yeah. then the tsunami hit. 
On April sixteenth, yeah. nineteen forty-seven, around eight a.m., smoke was spotted on in the cargo hold of the Grand Camp, that French ship full of fertilizer, fertilizer that we talked about. Uh, while it was still moored, over the next hour, attempts to extinguish the fire or bring it under control failed as a red glow returned after each effort to douse the fire. So everything they did to put it out seemed to make it worse. It was like the blob, Brandy. Did you see the movie The yeah. Blob? Whatever they did to try to kill the blob just made it bigger. Right. You probably no, never saw the that. blob. That was before your time, I think. I think I've seen it. It was a while blob. ago. Yeah. A good movie. When the and fire it was before ins- my time. Just barely. When the fire inside the Grand Camp, the ship, uh, could not be doused with jugs of drinking water. Well, they had jugs of drinking water, so like, they were prepared. They were totally yeah. prepared. And a portable Aren't they sitting on water. <laughs> I don't know. Scott, I would think so if it was more. Not to, to ask the obvious question, but <laughs> okay. Uh, well, they also had a portable extinguisher as well. Oh, so they oh, were oh, they were okay. prepared. Yeah. Uh, an order was given to batten down a, ha- a ship's hatches, Brandy, and cover them well, with tarp. That's what you okay. do. Yeah. Well, the Grand Camp's fire smothering system steam system was activated to keep the cargo from being damaged by the water. Um, but instead of killing the fire, the heat and pressure started... Dis- dis- what is that word? I can't read my own writing. Uh, it, just, it, it made it worse, Timmy. Decomposition of the ammonia nitrate fertilizer and produced combustible gas. So this is not a good... This is not going well, Brandy. Apparently, no. there's no physicist trying to put out this fire. Uh, the ship's well, firemen for that part. It seems like the firemen would know that, but the ship's well, the hatch yet. covers eventually blew off, sending the smoke skyward. Brandy. By eight forty-five a.m., it's about thirty-five minutes later. Twenty-seven members of the Texas City Volunteer Fire Department were spraying water on the deck of the ship. The ship was so hot that the water from the fire hoses evaporated. Vaporized? Vaporized, yes. There you go. Predictably, a crowd began gathering to watch the unusual smoke that formed above the port. Said someone at gym class at Central High School, hey, let's go see it. <laughs> so kids let's go cut- check this out. I feel like that person was Chuck. So the kids cut class and ran down to the wharf to watch the fire. In the south side neighborhoods closest to the city's industry, you know, where a lot of the workers, you know, were there. They were a lot of Texas uh, City's black and Mexican-American population lived. People gathered along the edge of the firewall to view the smoke. The site was no less enticing to the thousands of men and women who worked in the town's uh, chem- petrochemical, petrochemical. At, at the Republic Oil Company refinery, the chief of security was talking, uh, carlo- taking t- uh, carloads of people uh, to the decks to watch the fire. So they had a little tour, tour business going on there. The refinery manager, assistant manager, personnel director, laboratory manager, and transportation director were all all ran outside to catch rides to go down to the wharf to watch the fire. 
the decision to stop work along the waterfront was made after it became clear the fire inside the Grand Camp could not be controlled. Uh, Siri Johnson, a 37-year-old longshoreman who was unloading rail cars that day. Did you know him, Brandy? I did not. I do not. He didn't bother. She may have met him. She just doesn't remember his name, Timmy. (laughs) He didn't bother to stop and gawk when the call to quit working went out. Uh, so everyone is rushing down, and him and his colleagues build around nearby warehouses to watch the fire. Johnson decided to get a cup of coffee, Brandy. Have a cup of coffee. As, walked <laughs> As one is wont to do. He walked to the nearby fire. cafe. As he walked to the nearby cafe, he passed Father William Roach, a well-known Catholic priest in town, and Mike McKiskick the head of the Texas City Terminal Railroad Company, which operated the port. So the two men were speaking in earnest, uh, in earnest tones, about towing the burning ship away from the docks if the fire grew worse. Which sounds what like the a, fuck does Father Roach have to do with any of this? Like, I feel well, like I, I guess they're just kind of out looking. Decision. They're kind of watching, and, it, and Mike is like, yeah, maybe we should, you know, tow this uh, ship away maybe. from the Away the port. from the, you know, shore, sure. Yeah, away maybe. from all the people, you know. Yeah, and maybe. What, yeah. what would Jesus do, Father? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Well, who's the some bitch going to get the little towboat out there, the tugboat? Another like longshoreman. You got to hook something to it, you know, you got to hook it. Another yeah. longshoreman. You know, hook it. And I'll tell you who they call for something like that, devil. The human torch. Lanny. They can have a, him. Lanny. Another longshoreman Lanny named George Sanders. Did you know him, Brandy? Are you fucking kidding? This is 1947. <laughs> she, this is she don't even remember faces. Not she, don't, she, she remembers faces, not names, Timmy. Okay. Ugh. Anyway, George Sanders, another longshoreman, also stopped his work loading flour on the freighter Wilson B. Keene. You know that one, Brandy. Moored the in the ship. Why just, the fuck would I know a freighter? <laughs> Board in a ship just south of the burning Grand Camp. So he's, well, no, he, he stopped work on he stopped on this you know, working on uh, the Wilson. He was loading Bikini. flour and he stopped. Yeah, he wanted fascinating part of the story. I'm guessing that a lot of people is going to end up with flour on him, but I digress. They get, they get flour on their face after this. Sanders, Timmy, uh, who was twenty, huh? Wait a minute, I got to talk about George Sanders. He was twenty-one years old, had worked at uh, had worked on the Grand Camp the day before, and instead of going home, he stopped to watch the fire at the end of uh, at the end of the slip. So he should have went home, Brandy, instead of you milling about work. Always go home right after work. Never mill about. The port of loitering. port of Guan Guanzhou, Timmy. Do I bigger than the port of? The port of Guangzhou is bigger than the port of Galveston. Oh, Thank who the Colonel. fuck cares about that? <laughs> fuck. The port of Easy Ningo Zushan is bigger than the port of Galveston. It's the fourth biggest port in the world. Port of Shenzhen's bigger than that, Timmy. Okay, Brandy, tell us what happens next. Thank oh, you, Colonel. Fuck, Cliff. All right, so Sanders stepped up on a small fence to get a better look over a barge that had uh, partially blocked his view. 
Well, you don't want anything boy, blocking your view when a, a ship is about to blow up, Brandy. Well, no. A boy he knew walked up to watch. Nearby in a building at the um, Monsanto Chemical Company, people kept walking. Monsanto? Monsanto? Yeah. Okay. People kept okay. walking into the drafting room that had a window which afforded an, an ideal view of the ship fire. Excuse me. <clears throat> okay, Dad, Doc Holliday. Well, you want an oh, ideal view of that. Freaking cold. Yeah, you uh, don't want to. You don't want to get a bad view of no, a fire and a possible explosion. A burning up. It seemed to Mary Hunter, a secretary to the head engineer at Monsanto, that the smoke Hold was billowing. On. Did you say head engineer? Secretary <laughs> to the head engineer. Yes. Okay. She took no alone. She's just doing her job. She took notes. She could take dictation while serving right, the <laughs> All right. So it seemed to her that the smoke billowing into the air was keeping everyone from settling down to work. Someone had brought donuts to the office as a further distraction. Hunter, who had I like Donut Day. <laughs> I like Donut Day at work. Hunter, who had skipped breakfast, told a coworker they should share a donut. And as she broke one in half, it happened. Maybe. Da-da-da. She thought it was a Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Jelly filled, it was a nitroglycerin filled. The fire on the ship, which had seen such pretty smoke in the sky moments before, exploded at 9 12 a.m. The two longshoremen, Johnson and Sanders, were swept up in a huge tidal wave that was lifted out of the bayside docks. Oops. The water rolled them over and over, pulling them down each time they tried to catch their breath, until finally the, on, the onrushing tide slowed and caught itself before rolling in the other direction back into the bay. Both men had been carried a hundred feet by the wave, and the sky looked as if it were on fire. Johnson, with only rags left on him, thought it was the end of the world. He thought about Bible scripture that said that once 
that once was destroyed by water would now be destroyed by fire. Sanders looked up to find himself by the local molasses company. Yes! His hair caked with sticky product. Oh, and, and if he gets that flower on him. Yeah. Did well. you. When, when, are you feeling that, devil? Are you feeling that? Like, I've been there. I feel your pain. Yeah. Not in the hair. <laughs> Not in the hair. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, the boy who had been standing next to him at the fence was gone. At Monsanto, Mary Hunter had th- was thrown behind a desk. From the ground floor of the three-story building, she could look up and see sky each time she awoke from unconsciousness. You know what? But Mary is safe because Mary was working. Well, she was eating a donut. But she wasn't out there fucking around looking at the ship when she should have been working. That's like true. Yeah. Hunter had thrown her right arm in front of her face just before a shower of glass, insulation, and debris cut her down. Now the arm looked like raw hamburger. A co-worker carried her out of the building but disappeared after putting her in a car whose windows and doors had been blown out. Well, what the fuck good did putting her in the car do? (laughs) Well, put your seatbelt on, for Christ's sake. You're all right. Just get in the car. Right. Lying alone, she told herself... Well, he didn't take her to raise... He carried her down what? downstairs with yeah. her in the car. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, he tried to be a good Samaritan. You just badmouthed him because you don't like his ride. Well, I don't. Yeah, he put I her in the car. Still runs. Uh, lying alone, she told herself that she would bleed to death if she didn't get out. Mister, will you help me? She asked a man who hobbled by. <laughs> guy's got half a face. Hey, can you help a sister out? Uh, let's see. We'll help each other, he replied. They made their way across an open field while fire and explosions raged behind them. At the Republic Refinery, the blast ripped off the headset of Doris Sheeran, the company's 20-year-old receptionist and switchboard operator. The concrete floor of the two-story building seemed to roll back and forth like a ship in heavy seas. Doris ran with a crowd of people... Do you like that, Colonel? You like it? You like how I described you painted it? A, you painted a beautiful picture there, Timmy. Thank you, Colonel. Just a beautiful picture. Brandy doesn't appreciate my prose. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm she doesn't do it justice, I'll tell you that. Huh. All right, so Doris takes off with the crowd of people that rushed out of the building and jumped into a car, hopefully that had doors and windows, that was leaving the refinery. Then pursued persuaded the driver to take her back to the refinery's main building. She was worried that without a switchboard operator, no one in the refinery would be able to use the telephones. Really? Well, they were complicated. You know, they were complicated back in the day. You had to, you know, if, if Sarah wasn't there to crank up the, you know, really? work the Just switchboard. Go- yeah. Jesus Christ. She didn't, what she didn't realize was that most of the phone lines in the area were already down. Oh, Doris. No, one, no one was completely sure what had happened. At Texas City Hospital, a small 20-bed clinic on 6th Street, receptionist Louis, Lois, sorry, Lois Castain thought an oxygen tank had exploded in the operating room where a doctor was performing a tonsillectomy. Ew, why would you... Can you imagine, like, being in the operating room and some shit like that happens? I would not want... Oh, you're getting your tonsils out, yeah. they got the scalpel, and all of a sudden the doctor... Boom! Yeah, that's not that's, that ain't a funny joke to play on nobody. No, yeah. that's bad. Yeah, that's within, that's we all condemn minutes. that. Yes, yes, thank you. We t- we're taking a hard stand on that. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, we are. And Timmy, here's another fact for you: the Port of Busan, uh-huh. on Yong Island, they stole that. This is in Korea, so it's Yong Island. Who the fuck? It's cares? bigger than the Port of Galveston. Really? Who the fuck cares? What well, the I'm fuck? just saying, like Galveston's an educational podcast, Brandy. I'm saying Galveston's putting on airs about being this big port city. I don't think And they the Port are. of Busan's bigger than them. And they're only number 87, Brandy. That's the thing. If they wouldn't go around it bragging, time? it would be a number 87 in the world. All right. Yeah. You know what, Colonel? So, I bet after this, after this day, they dropped a few notches. <laughs> I bet they did. They dropped all the they 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 dropped off the charts, Timmy. They wasn't even on chartable anymore. <laughs> You're right. Continue, Brandon. Um, within minutes, though, workers from Texas National Bank next door began rushing into the hospital. They all had cuts. Within 45 minutes, people covered in oil and molasses, oh man, <laughs> began staggering into the hospital. This, the halls of the small facility were soon packed. We have to do. We have to do a story on the molasses um, disaster because you know that happened. Well, we. I wonder if the price of molasses went up. I wonder if the if the people in New England because you know, you know these some bitches up in Boston after this day, and you know Canada, you know Canada Dawn, fucked us. I wonder if, if Don can get off molasses because you know Don takes off oil off ducks. I wonder if he can true. take off molasses too. But you know, it's you slow. know the first really thing slow. that happened to me. First thing that yes, happened. I do. Because those fucking Canadians up there, they heard about the molasses incident down there. We didn't lose that much. But they were like, oh, there's a molasses crisis now. And they doubled the price of molasses. Because that's how Canadians are. They will take advantage of any misfortune. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on one of the few working lines, Lois phoned Carbide and and Carbon Chemical Corp. Now Union Carbide Corp where her husband, Roland, was working. The injured had severe burns, broken arms and legs. Some had feet that barely remained attached to their legs. Those caught in the tidal wave were shivering cold. When the supply of blankets was exhausted, curtains were taken down from the windows to wrap around patients to keep them from going into shock. The seriously injured were injected with a half a syringe of morphine. Lucky bitches. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, like moaning and shit, even if I wasn't hurt. I'd be like laying there mining and shit. <laughs> oh, you know, there was some insurance fraud going on after this, it's Timmy. Junkies. There. How'd you like to be one of the guys laying there complaining, oh, I'm shivering cold. I'm shivering cold. And the son bitch next to you has been on fire for the last half hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's insensitive, so, really. Evidently, Roland showed up at this little hospital outpost and worked quickly giving injections to patients pointed out by doctors and placing a sign on them, noting the time of their injection and the dosage. From four miles away, the first flash of light from an explosion made Ken Demate. Demate? How would you say that? I would say that's right. Yeah, whatever. And a co-worker, Red Murph, look up from their work at Carbide. Oh, they looked up. The, what the the hell? T would oh, be silent in that, devil. The T is silent. Demay. Demay. Uh, right, of course. All right, so Red and Ken looked up from their work at Carbide because they just didn't realize what was well, going on. they were on. a little bit further away. Yeah, they were busy. The two men stood in awe as the dirty orange cloud that rose into the sky took the shape of a mushroom. Oh. By yeah. then, a well-recognized shape of the nuclear age. Yeah, this is 1947, so this is uh, beginning of the Cold War. 
Wait a minute. I love I love this part. Red, we're at war. The Russians have dropped a damn A bomb on us. Yeah, because you know Texas City, Texas is probably the first place they're gonna bomb. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But was uh, told us wouldn't they go for the eighty sixth most important port? Well, Timmy, like, I would think they would go like they choose Colonel before Texas City. Well, I think they would choose. What would you say is the busiest port in the United States? In the great United States, uh, Timmy? Maybe New York. I don't know. Who cares? What about you, Devil? Uh, the port of I don't give a fuck. Well, you both be wrong. It is the port of Los Angeles, Timmy. Oh, okay, amazing. It's an amazing story. All right, so they well, if you Russians. open up a goddamn book once in a while, Devil, we're trying they to they educate think, you here. Why don't you listen? They think that the Russians have attacked them. Okay. Uh, the first concussion wave that hit them broke windows, knocked barrels over, and seemed to ripple the ground. The explosion was heard as far as 150 miles away, and the mushroom cloud rose 2,000 feet. That'd been cool to Pieces, see, though. It really would. Pieces of the Grand Camp were hurled thousand, several thousand feet into the air. Some of the heavy debris landed on pipelines and storage tanks, igniting secondary explosions. Other pieces landed on houses and people. Hundreds were killed instantly. The curious bystanders, the ship's crew, the town's entire volunteer firefighter uh, corps, uh, save, except for one guy who is making deliveries on his beer route well, near, near this place. Yeah. Well, he was a volunteer. He had to work. Wonder the if it, camps. Brent, uh, Colonel, if the, if the uh, fertilizer is used to ignite that, would, would the fertilizer be – would it, would it uh, spray everyone with fertilizer then? Oh, they had, an, they had a complete shit storm down there, Timmy. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. Uh, yes, yes. All right. So uh, the Grand Camp's one-and-a-half-ton anchor was flung two miles and was embedded ten feet into the ground – at the Pan American Refinery. And you know what? You tried to get your insurance company to cover that, Colonel. Yeah, explain that one. Farmers you see those commercials it. on TV. Yeah, Farmers is like, oh, yeah, we've seen it all before. No, you ain't seen this shit. Farmers would cover My it. My one and a half ton anchors two miles away. Instinctively, people ran either heading north through the commercial downtown area or west towards the town of La, La Marque. Marquet, Marquet. Oh, now they're running away. Marquee, Before whatever. they was running to it, dumb some oh, yeah. bitches. When you see something on fire, get away from it. Glass blown. People out of love storefronts. fire. Yeah, well, glass blown out of storefronts littered the streets and sidewalks. On the sidewalk in front of a jewelry store lay diamond rings, bracelets, and watches that had been jarred out of their display cases. But no one stopped. It was impossible. Oh, it was impossible to tell the white people from the black people. Well, finally, it took this to get equality in that town. Probably. Everyone was just covered it, in oil or molasses or both. And You know, they say that if there's a uh, if, if you're getting assaulted, getting beat up, getting robbed or whatever, don't yell, help, help, help. Yell, fire, fire, fire. Everybody will come running out their door to see it. That's a good That's point. That's a true story. Yeah. So what do these dumb dumbasses do? Oh, fire, fire, fire. What could be bad about fire? Let's go look at it. It's really cool. And then all of a sudden, now you're armed somewhere down in, you know, the hills of Tennessee, and it ain't so fun anymore. Tennessee. What? Good to you, Brandy. 
Five-year-old Willetta Mays Williams had been walking to kindergarten with a group of classmates when the explosion uh, this occurred. This is going to suck. Yep, they all broke and ran. She reached for her brother's hand but found a classmate's instead, and for a moment she saw the legs of a woman running next to her, only to look up when the woman's feet appeared to slow and stumble. The youth saw that the woman had been decapitated. I thought you was going to say she reached for her brother's arm and he, he wasn't attached right. to his body. And that's all that it was. So, so this Charles. woman was like a chicken. She was just running around with her head cut off. A little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. That sucks, though. <clears throat> if you're five and you look up and see that, yeah, I feel like you're scarred for life. Hey, she lived through it to tell the tale, though. But, you know, the children was the smart ones there, devil. <clears throat> they usually they- are not. Judgment Day, Judgment Day, Timmy. Shout it, Colonel. Judgment Day, Judgment Day at last. Shout it, a day's group of children walking aimlessly, as children are wont to do, through the middle of town. They did not seem to know where they were. Sounds like my kids on a Saturday night. Now, the Texas City disaster, Timmy, as it would become known, will become the deadliest industrial accident in U.S. history and one of the largest non-nuclear explosions. Witness compared the scene to the fairly recent images of 1945 devastation at Nagasaki, Japan. It was a war, Brandy. We bombed bombed Japan, two atomic weapons. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it was a big thing. But I'm glad that you that were there can share that with me. Thank you. Well, if you would have actually gone to history class instead of going to the Motel 6 to get a C, you'd know some of this stuff. Really? But anyway, Timmy, of the dead, uh-huh. 405 were identified. 63 have never been identified. An additional 113 were classified as missing. Wouldn't they, could they, no, could they I'd, cross-reference those somehow? Well, I, computer? I, it'd be like... What the fuck? They needed to get a bunch of old ladies to dig jigsaw puzzles. It was like, okay. And get them all down there and say, put these people back. Right. Right. Oh, this looks like a corner arm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it right here. Yeah. A corner arm. (laughs) But no identifiable. Well, there were some identifiable parts found to me, but they was all up in Oklahoma and Nebraska and shit like that. You get the town slut because she can probably identify the penis. (laughs) She can. She could. Now, uh, this figure, these death figures included the firefighters who were aboard the Grand Camp when she exploded. But, you know, there is a silver lining in this, Timmy. Okay. Not nary a dog was killed in this explosion. Nice. See, we could tell stories all day about, you know, what Stalin did in Russia, what Hitler did, whatever, you know. But have an explosion like this and start to tell the tale of a collie being killed in it and every some bitch listening to this show is going to be like oh you know what i mean what's we, wrong with we people? don't want dogs today or pets we no like i mean Brandy. we are an am- you know animal what? friendly show if you would have had saving private ryan you know how gruesome that was at the beginning but people sat right through it you know that was oh fine people God. getting shot blah bullets through the throat everything else let a goddamn collie stroll across that beach and take a bullet. People would have been up in arms, it's Timmy. It would have been too much for them. Goddamn right it is. Goddamn. And you know why? Because dogs are better than people, Timmy. I dogs agree. are better I than know people. I two people that they're better than. 
I was just out just the other day to me. I was out in the woods on the trail with, with Rudy, the wonder dog, and I was watching him bop about chasing a squirrel. And I thought, you know, I don't know a human being finer than that dog right there. You have one fucking page. You can't get through one <laughs> fucking page. Honestly. Honestly. Well, let me it continue. Hour. You have, let me get back on point, devil, as you have distracted me. There's some speculation that there have been hundreds more killed, but uncounted, including visiting semen. You're familiar with that, aren't you, devil? <laughs> yeah. Non-census laborers and their families. And it, because remember, this is down in Texas yeah, and this right. is back when undocumented workers there. Well, and yeah, that was that was pretty much encouraged back then, mm-hmm. you know, for people to just come over and work mm-hmm. and untold numbers of travelers. However, there were some survivors as close as 70 feet from the dock. Now, they didn't have skin. They walked around with no skin the rest <laughs> of their life. But now the victims bodies quickly filled the local morgue. What was left of the local morgue? Several several bodies were laid out in the high school gymnasium for identification by loved ones. More than 5,000 people were injured, Timmy, with 1,800 admitted to 21 area hospitals. More than 500 homes were destroyed and hundreds damaged, leaving 2,000 homeless people, Timmy. So were they 468 confirmed dead? Is that what we said? 504 Um, identified and 63 never identified. So 468 dead. That's really a miracle yeah. in itself that more people. You probably had about six hundred all told yeah. dead in this, but not no dogs, Timmy. No dogs. Now the seaport went from number eighty-seven in the world to number zero because the whole seaport was destroyed. But it didn't really matter because most of the businesses they was bringing stuff to was flattened or burned. Over eleven hundred thousand, eleven hundred vehicles were damaged. 362 freight cars were, and I'll use Timmy's term, obliterated. Hmm. The property damage was estimated at $100 million, and that would be $1.1 billion in today's terms. Yeah, if this story happened today, it would be a big fucking deal, Brandy. I mean, I'm sure it was a big deal then, but I wasn't around. I wasn't around 1947, so I don't know. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have access to my CNN app. But I get, I'm guessing it was a pretty big story. But if it happened now, it would be huge. Huge. Well, the huge. the fires re- resulting from these. And see, Timmy, I like the way you do these scripts where you put the bigger words in my part and stick her with the two-syllable words so she doesn't stumble over. Thank you, Carl. So anyway, the, the fires resulting from this cataclysmic event was still burning a week after the disaster. And the process of body recovery Took nearly a month because we had to go up to Canada to get some of these some bitches. So all four fire engines of the Texas City, the fire trucks were just twisted and burned hulks, Timmy. Hundreds of lawsuits were filed as a result of this disaster. I bet they were. And when a report found that all companies involved followed established rules and protocols, the lawsuits became the focus of on the role of the U.S. government in establishing poor standards. So they were... Now, they, many of the lawsuits... So they were, because, they you were know, up to code, basically. All, yeah, they were up to code, but the code, it, it's the code itself that was questionable. Yeah, well, see, this is why 
this is why I say just cut all regulations to me because what do you what could go wrong? Right. You know, we got too many regulations in this country. Just like cut them all. Saw what could, what go, could wrong. go wrong? I feel like we've been talking for an hour about what could go wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, every time I hear that term, though, we have too much regulation. I think, you know, generally there's a reason they put that in place. Yes. So when you just take it away, maybe we ought to think about the unintended consequences. Like, you know, somebody just sitting eating an ice cream cone in the Galveston Dairy Queen. All of a sudden, ending up in Portland, Oregon, because you decided to cut a regulation. So, without any skin. <laughs> without any skin. Now, many of the lawsuits were combined in the first major class action lawsuit. Now, the district court found the U.S. government was negligent. Imagine that, Timmy. In numerous ways, including the manufacture, package, and labeling of ammonium nitrate. Now, I believe that's one of the things that. McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber used. Yeah, I think you're right. With fertilizer. Mm -hmm. Further compounded by errors in transport, storage, loading, fire prevention, fire suppression, all of which led to the explosions and the subsequent carnage. That's a good way to describe it. And, and all these, it was just like a, it was like the perfect storm. Everything that could have gone wrong in this thing went wrong. Yeah. Now, the appeals court, however overturned this decision and claimed that the U.S. government was operating within its discretion on these matters. The case went on to the United States Supreme Court in 1953, which found that the district court had no jurisdiction under the federal statute to find the U.S. government liable for negligent planning decisions. And, and I have to agree with him, Timmy, because if you look out through our history of our country, you really aren't going to find any negligent planning decisions by the government now, are you? <laughs> no. So they're, they're completely blameless in all this. Exactly. So the, Vietnam the was courts, well planned. It was. I mean, they, 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 you can't blame them for everything. Right. Some things you just can't foresee, like taking on a, a land war in Asia, Timmy. <laughs> but anyway, the court's decision outraged many local residents and members of Congress. Congress acted to provide some compensation after the courts refused to do so. Congress granted relief by means of legislation. When the last claim had been processed in 1957, 1,394 awards, totaling nearly $17 million, had been made, Timmy. Wow, oh, that's such a... Small amount, though. Seems like a low number, yeah. Yeah, for all the damage it did. All right. Yeah. So, Brandy, your final thoughts on the Texas City disaster? Well, I guess that'll teach you not to stop and watch a fire burn. <laughs> uh, do you think that the government should have been liable for uh, low yes. standards? Yes. yes. Okay. Colonel, what's your final thought on the Texas City disaster. Well, Timmy, first of all, I think the Russians might have been behind it. Uh, but <laughs> you think oh it might have been? Why? <laughs> you think uh, it might have you been know, in World War Three? This this fire did not. There was not a lone fire. There was not a lone gunman in this fire, Timmy. There was many things that came into play, and and, and it had to be a coordinated effort, I believe. I say, Brandy, we're going to investigate this further. Never catch your fertilizer on fire, Brandy. Yeah. I would and, agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you just, you know, 
Timmy, well, you have a condo, Timmy, but you take your house sometimes and you spread down mulch in the summertime. Sometimes you can start to see it smoke. Yeah. I mean, this is dangerous. And here's another lesson for you people. Okay. If somebody yells help, don't be so goddamn cowardly. Just run out to help them. So if you hear fire, run away. Don't run to it. Run away. Unless you're a fireman getting paid to do this. If you're a fireman, please come to it. (laughs) Um, But. But, you know, this is one of those situations to me, like, had I been in charge of the government, this shit would have never happened. Yeah, I'm sure. Colonel. I'd have said I would have been at every port and I would have said, what do you have in place? I had a little Colonel hard hat on and uh, my my little tie and been checking these places out. This was a failure of uh, failure of leadership here, Timmy. I see, Colonel. Well, I wish you were in charge of our safety. Um. He is. He is. He's the safety. He's the safety star of our floor. Oh, we work. are. We both and are. He Carol. cannot fucking handle it. Hold so, on. Can I ask you this, Devil? I swear. When to is the last time you've been attacked by a, a bear de- or a puma or a, a shark bear, or a dragon? A puma, a shark, a werewolf, or a dragon has bit you at work. Please just say thank you. Okay. Right. You need him yeah. on that wall, Brandy. You need me on that wall, Devil. You need me. Colonel, we would in like places to say, you don't want to talk about in the circle of excellence. You need people like me and Timmy outside the circle of excellence, devil. Yeah, because you're called fodder. <laughs> we would like to thank all the wonderful people who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash history dweebs where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel. Or just a wee little bit, Timmy. Okay, Colonel, do we have the list or are we... Uh, do you have the list to thank the people on Patreon? Or? You did not send me the list <laughs> okay. to thank people I, We on would Patreon. like to thank all of you who contribute to us on Patreon, and we will read the names next time, I promise. Thank you all for Absolutely joining us. Absolutely, we will. And we'll see you next time on History Dweez. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Good day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.